Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife, Beth. Hallelujah. On this sensational Sunday morning, yes, we've got is. a do not fear scripture from Deuteronomy 3.22. Deuteronomy 3.22 says, Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. That not is, the heavyweight champion of the world. Doesn't even need him. Doesn't even, not the best boxer or wrestler. Mm. The Lord. Not the best army. The Lord. Will but fight. the Lord's and his army. Hallelujah. Okay. That's exciting, baby. It is. Today. We're going to talk about, I wouldn't do that if I was you. <laughs> How many times do you say that? You know, we're not big on complaining. To your kids. As a matter of fact, over the years, we worked hard to eliminate <laughs> it in our lives. Sometimes we find that, well, I find myself rather intolerant of others who whine and complain. I can only imagine how God feels. Exodus 16, 2 and 3. 16, 2 and 3. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, What to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt? When we sat by the flesh pots, and we did eat bread to the full. For you have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Wow. The children of Israel had only been in the wilderness for one month. And they were ready to pack it in and head back to Egypt. Even though the scripture references Moses and Aaron. Aaron. The truth is the Israelites were expressing their discontent, frustrations, and ingratitude toward God. For Moses and Aaron represented God to the people. Now let's get the picture. Here are five reasons why the children of Israel should never have been complaining. First, the children of Israel cried out to the Lord to deliver them from the cruel Egyptian taskmasters. And guess what? God did. In Exodus 3, 7, 3, 7, it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters and oppressors, for I know their sorrows and sufferings and trials. And you know, they'd been there 400 years, honey, so... <laughs> the fact that they came, that he came and brought them out should have made an incredible and indelible impression upon them. No question. Number two, the children of Israel were miraculously spared while the Egyptians endured the ten plagues right down to claiming the firstborn male child of every Egyptian. Exodus 12, 13, 12, 13. The blood shall be for a token or a son to you upon the doorpost of the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague be shall, shall be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Mm. Number three, the children of Israel witnessed their deliverance by God's hands against the mightiest nation in the world at that time. In Exodus fourteen thirteen, it says, Moses spake to the people, spoke to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and watch God do his work for salvation 
of salvation for you today. Take a good look at the Egyptians today, for you're never going to see them again. I love that scripture. Wow, I know. That is the truth. Number four, the children of Israel received an unprecedented transfer of wealth as they left Egypt. The New Living Translation of Exodus 12.36 12.36 says, The Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites, and they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. Wow. Number five, the children of Israel were living in divine health with absolutely no sickness or disease. Exodus 15.26 1526, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do what is right in his sight, and will listen to and obey his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptians. For I, oh hallelujah, for I am the Lord who heals you. Hallelujah. Amen. After all these signs and wonders, God tested the children of Israel to be sure their hearts were committed to trust him for provision. Deuteronomy 8.2, classic Amplified. And you shall earnestly remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble you, to prove you, to know what is in your mind and heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Wow. The children of Israel failed the test. In fact, I don't even think they got one answer right. They rejected his leadership, his laws, his provision. As a result, not one within the slave generation got to see the promised land, except Joshua and Caleb. Wow. Wow, wow. So how does God feel about when we murmur and complain? The scripture tells us in Numbers 11.1, 1, exactly that. Numbers 11.1 1 says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. So what is it that displeases the Lord? Complaining. If we look at the word displeased in the Strong's Concordance, you find that there are two Hebrew words that are referenced from this. The word H7451, H7451, which means evil, and H241, 241, which means ears. In other words, the complaining of the children of Israel was considered evil to the ears of the Lord. Wow, still is. And the scripture is clear, very clear, that God feels complaining is evil. It also makes him, un, it's unpleasing, makes him unhappy, makes him angry. That's probably not something we want to do is make God angry. Not only that, there are, I mean, especially for all the stuff he's done for us, there are consequences to ingratitude. Numbers 11.1, 1, when the children of Israel were around, it said the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them. You know, our first thought was the fact that we'd better watch our complaining or carry a fire extinguisher, right? <laughs> Where we go. I mean, we are so blessed. Not that it would, you know, do any good if he was to break out among us. But 
we're sure that, you know, that you're way too spiritual to have said any of these things. Ha ha, like all of us have. I never and seem to catch a break. There you go. When well, is God going to deliver me out of this mess? Have any of these similar words come out of your mouth? If so, we suggest you immediately repent and be careful around fires. Hmm, that's funny. You know, the problem is, is, and it's easy to complain, we hang around in a world that's full of sin. But do we complain about what we have or don't have that's going, or what's going on in our lives? Do we, how do we respond to circumstances? Do we think that God is wringing his hands in heaven saying, I didn't know all this was going to happen? Or do you think he was ready to bring the forces of good in to help us come through it and come out with a victorious hand? Thankfulness is a huge asset. For one thing, it, and, you know, when you, that God inhabits the praises of his people. And the thing that we need to always remember is what we feed grows while we starve dies. If you have ought against your spouse or ought against your supervisor or whatever that, you need to be, and I remember when, well, way back in the day where the Lord said, pray for that man that's over you. And I'm thinking, really? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my boss. And, uh, and it did me more good, probably did him a little good too. Sometimes we just need to get perspective to realize how thankful we really should be. Did the Lord wake you up this morning? Did he clothe you in your right mind? You know that according to the World Bank, one billion, that's billion with a B, people live on less than a dollar a day. Wow. Nearly three billion, that's B with a, with a billion with a B, live on less than $2 a day. In other words, nearly half of the world's population live on less than a buck or two a day. And a lot of people spend that every day on Starbucks coffee and more. Yeah. Yikes. Not me. But truthfully and sadly, the rest of the world would be amazed if they came to the United States and the industrialized nations of the world. And it seems as if the people around them are never satisfied. They have a <clears throat> they have a, an apartment, they want a house. If they want a, if they have a house, they want a bigger house. If they have a car that doesn't look the way they want it, they want a newer car. They want more bells and whistles. They want to go on vacation and make them longer, better, and bigger. And you know, honey, when we don't get what we want, we have a tendency to complain. Mm. Can you see that such grumbling is being disrespectful toward God's provision for us? And it also restricts his desire to bless us with even more. Who wants to bless a spoiled child? If you have children or grandchildren, how do you feel when they aren't appreciative of what you've done for them? Give them a cell phone, but if it's not an iPhone or Android, they complain. You give them a car to drive when they're 16, but if it's not the make model year they wanted, they complain. <laughs> You buy them clothes, but they don't carry the designer label that they want, they complain. I'm sure you're getting the point. You're not happy when your children don't appreciate the things that you've done for them. So here's the question. How do you think God feels with his children? How do you think God will respond to you wanting more in the future when you complain about what you already have? 
When we complain, when we complain, we tie God's hand. Think of that. And we can't. And He can't and won't release into our lives all that He has in store for us. Mm. It's time to praise God for the things that He does for us on a regular basis. And finally, if you want your attitude and conversation to be well-pleasing to God, then adapt an attitude of gratitude and don't complain. Mm. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just need to put a little perspective with it, don't we? Yes. Join us tonight at 6 Hallelujah. Eastern. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. Yep, for Rich Thoughts TV. It'll bless you. Mm. Mighty make you jump up and down and shout and run around the room. But you'll learn something, and you'll be blessed and motivated. 6 p.m. Eastern. You can go to youtube.com and type in Rich Thoughts TV online. You can go to Savior Connect. That's S A V I O R Connect. And, and it'll be on Savior Connect? Yeah. Live? It will. And it also will be on Facebook. Right. At Brother at, Harold. At Brother Harold. <gasps> Hallelujah. So join us, please. Until then, God bless you. Happy trails. Have a sensational Sunday and keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. Hallelujah and amen. We love you and we appreciate you. Yes, we do. Bye-bye.